0: love talk radio mother we also want to talk to our father and of course this is how we do it on mason and guests of course uh, there's a, a big game coming up on Thursday morning, just about five minutes past four o'clock. Yes, make a note of that. Uh, the final uh, game in terms of the T20, we hope that Haley can do very well again and bring it home for the West Indies team. It was a performance worthy of name is the Director of um, Commercial and Marketing and Communications, will no longer be with the Cricket West Indies. His last day on the job is December the 31st, 2023. So, uh, Dominic Warren, who started back in September uh, 2017, no longer going to be with Cricket West Indies, but I'm also told that he will stay on uh, in terms of the World Cup. Uh, he will be the commercial manager, managing the revenue there for the T20 World Cup. Dominic Warren, as I said, uh, not going to be the Cricket West Indies. Um, but his contract will not be renewed. And that uh, information was relayed to me. And we haven't got it wrong on Mason and Guest uh, for quite a long time. All right. Without any further do I know that Hayley Matthews um, is with us. She's got to go and practice and all that. Hello Haley, nice to see you. Your smile is as broad as Sydney. How are you?
1: Hey Mason, I'm good. Um, thanks for having me on the show. All oh, right, good. All right, no I'm just... Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's
0: fine. That's fine. That's fine. No. <laughs> Talk to me. What's responsible for the success? I mean, you know, um, of course, we've had uh, the Caribbean Premier League, the women. You won it for the Royals. Then you got to 99, then then 132. What's responsible for the success?
1: I think, at the moment, we're just trying to play a really positive brand of cricket. Um, I think, obviously, Australia setting over 200 in that first game. uh, Sorry, in that second game kind of made us have to really go out there and play really positively. Um, But, yeah, I think um, these senior players within the team, I think myself, you know, Stefani backed in the last game. It's our host, Shamelia, Colonel first three-overs to put Australia under a lot of pressure. Just really, really stepping up. Um, and as we know, we have a lot of youth within the team, and we kind of had some conversations about us senior players really trying to set an example and leave front. Um and Yeah, I think that's probably been happening for a little while now, and hopefully the youth can come about to help with it. Yes, and you know, the coach said he wants to
0: see his players just enjoy themselves, and you certainly enjoyed yourself, along with Stephanie Taylor, and and brought a big victory against Australia. Australia's not an easy team to defeat.
1: Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I think they're obviously the number one ranked team in the world for a reason. They've been so successful over the last few years, um, and I think the manner in, in which we won the last game as well, we probably would have never chased anything um, over 150 or over 160, so I think for us to be able to go out there and chase all that 212 um, definitely means a lot. I know it meant a lot to the people at home in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely shows a lot of confidence within the team going into this series decider. Mm.
0: Well, I know you've just got about 20 minutes. Uh, you've got to go and do some stuff and prepare for that big match. Of course, your mother has joined us and your father. This is how we do it in Mason and Guest. But before I get to your very charming uh, mother, um, let, 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 let's say hello to, to Dr. Ford. Dr. Ford? I'm sure you want to congratulate your favorite cricketer Hayley. Hello, Dr.:
2: Yeah, well, good night to, to all the panel and to the listeners, and of course to Haley and the rest of our team. Uh, I'd like to congratulate the, the ladies for being competitive in, in Australia against such a strong team. That's something that we've wished for the men for, for quite a few years. But uh, Haley, tell us about this new positive approach. because I heard your coach. Mentioning it and it's something that I I, I know I've heard many uh, approaches and Types of you know things the team would want to do but tell us about about the positive approach that you mentioned
1: earlier Yeah, if you're gonna compete in T20 cricket around the world nowadays um, You have to be positive. You have to go out there kind of all them of um, I think a couple of years ago 130 140 were winning T20 matches pretty comfortably sometimes Whereas you know, nowadays we saw how easily Australia chased down our 145 um, in the first game. So I think for us it's just a matter of kind of going really hard at the top of the order um, right throughout because it's probably either way if you don't, um, you're going to end up only notching at 130 or 140 and, and getting the runs not taught, um, unless you put down something special with the ball.
2: And tell us about how you've been received and, and how the crowds have been uh, so far during the...
1: The series. Yeah, well, they always are coming to Australia. Obviously, they're huge ticket fans down here, and with such a successful women's team, um, a lot of people come out to watch the games. Um, but yeah, I've obviously been had been given the opportunity to play in the WBBL for quite some time now, and would have familiarized myself here in Australia, and um, I guess with the really fans seeing me around a lot as well, um, they've definitely taken to me is something that I can definitely appreciate whilst, whilst coming over here to yeah, exactly. Australia.
2: Okay, before I give the others a chance, I'd just like to talk about your your position as the number one all-rounder at the moment in, in the format, and was that something that you envisaged, or did you see yourself more as a batsman, or maybe uh, as a bowler in, in your cricketing infancy?
1: Um, well, I think for the last few years, um, I've really tried to strike out as an all-rounder, maybe starting off my career. Um, I had high hopes of Obviously getting to the top as a batter and um, maybe seeing myself as a part-time bowler, but I think um, through the work that I've done uh, with my bowling over the years and some of the results I would have gotten um, is definitely helpful as as you're probably a bit more handy in T20 cricket around the world nowadays um, as an all-rounder anyways. But yeah, pretty pleased. Obviously every time I go to step on the field to represent West Indies, um, I try to put my best foot forward, have that be with the bat or with the ball. and not necessarily, you I know, mean, the accolades, just trying to put on good performances and believing that with those good performances, the accolades will come along.
0: All right. Well, of course, her mother, Lisa Matthews, is very much with us as well. And Michael Matthews and Michael Hall, who, of course, is the operations director. He must be quite happy. Um, Haley was just involved in the CPL. And Chris Darren as well. Listen, so now we're going to certainly get to these two uh, gentlemen in a short while. But let's, let's bring in Lisa. Lisa, your, your smile is as broad as Sydney. You must be quite happy with the performance of your, of your daughter. How are you?
1: I am. I, I very much, um, um, I would say, after she made the 99 knockout, I had a conversation with her um, following that game. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, hey, I am so immensely proud of you. When I think of you from a child and how you've grown, and I see your leadership, and I see your character, and the way your character has developed, and how you go out there on the international stage and conduct yourself. I am so proud to have the opportunity to call to be called your mom. Mm-hmm. You know, and we had that conversation just after. And then she went the next day and did something incredible again. Mm-hmm. But it's not just what incredible. Um, I love her dedication to her job. Mm-hmm. I love her work ethic. All those things about her, I think she's just going from stride to stride. And I wanted to see that consistency, and I'm so
0: happy to see it coming on now. Mm-hmm. And, Dad, uh, Michael, you must be quite a happy man as well. You, you, you're the you're the technician. You're the one who will say, look, you, you need to come forward and play the ball down to the middle, or play the V, as the old-time commentators would say. You must be a proud man. You, you, you're muted. We, we need to hear you. I'll unmute yourself. Unmute yourself. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry,
3: sorry. Okay, sorry. Yeah.
0: okay. Um, we got you loud. Yeah,
3: I am. She knows I'm very proud of her. She mm-hmm. knows I'm 100%. She knows I'm her biggest critic, mm-hmm. but I'm also her biggest fan. She knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll tell you she can score 100. If Our I saw one little, one little thing, I will tell her about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm really proud of Haley. Haley has come a long way. We have always spoken about you know trying to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the last year, she has really... Stepped up and has, you know, really started performing up to levels that I know she can reach. And, you know, she's, hopefully she'll just go to strength from strength to strength from here um, Mm -hmm. and keep those um, consistent performances coming Mm out.
0: Well, Michael, you're the technician, uh, of
3: course, uh, in
0: the relationship. What what about you, you Lisa? What are you in terms of the relationship with
1: your daughter? I would say initially with Haley, when she started to play cricket, obviously, the side of speeches and whatnot would come in and she would have mm-hmm. to do, do speech, etc. Mm-hmm. And I would be that one to, to help her. She'd say, Mom, I have to do a, um, a speech for so-and-so-and-so-and-so. We would sit together and do it. She even had to present to her sixth form class at Harrison College the entire sixth form year with sports and finances. And I remember her coming to me saying, I have to do this. And I said to her, Haley, let's take it this way. Tell me what you want to say. So she listed a bunch of things she wanted to say, and I said, let's put it in the order that you want to see. So we put it in the order. I said, anything you want to fix up or anything, now read that back to me. And um, By the time she was finished, she had it double packed. She had done it herself. And I said, you see, you're mm-hmm. capable of doing it now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know. So, so that is decided I me mean, with the technical, with the dress, with the speak that kind of stuff. <laughs> that's that's what I um give her pressure
0: on or about. Mm-hmm. Just just before we bring in Philo, uh, I would imagine that Michael Hall, who's the operations director of the CPL, you must be quite a happy man, uh, Michael, with the performance of Haley Good evening to you, sir. Michael? Where is he? Is he uh, has he gone from, from Kingston to to Moe Bay? Michael Hall, where are you, sir? Michael? Mm, all right, let, let's... Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, yeah hello, Michael. Hello. Yes, are you Moran Point? Are you at uh, yes, Moran sorry. Point?
4: No, not quite, Andrew, but we are having some really bad um, electrical storms here in Kingston this afternoon, so it may be a challenge, eh? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, no. I I heard your question, Lauren Pierre, and, clear, and sure. good afternoon to you and to everyone else on the call, um, especially uh Mr. and Mrs. Matthews and Haley. Yeah, listen, Andrew, um as you mentioned, Haley did take part in the WCPL this year and um obviously led her, her team, the Barbados Royals, to victory in the WCPL. Uh I I recall at the end of that game, at the presentation ceremony, I went um, to shake her hand Mm -hmm. and she asked me to to go easy because she had suffered a serious blow to her hand. And I'm amazed that she's been able to recover this quickly and put up the numbers that she's put up in the first two games on this tour. But I suspect that that is just a testimony to, um, as her parents pointed out, to her dedication, Mm -hmm. to her craft. Uh, so yes, I'm very pleased and congrats to her and the rest of the team and you know, wishing them all the best on
5: Thursday in the side up. Of-
0: mm-hmm. Stay with us. Uh fellow Wallace. You must be a very happy, man.
5: Hi, right, good evening, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Good evening to Dr. Ford, uh, Lisa, Michael, Michael Haley, uh congratulations on um, outstanding performance performances. A uh, leader from the front. Uh, you said that you cherish the, uh, the responsibility of being a West Indies women's team captain. I want to know, first of all, the conditions
6: mm-hmm. you're
5: playing under, mm-hmm. and I want to know that responsibility mantra that you spoke about. What has really transformed you to really say, look, I'm going to take this mm-hmm. this leadership uh-huh. and show mm-hmm. that we can pull through a tough Australian side, and now set up a decider. A, a a, and everybody be rooting for West Indies to beat Australia.
1: Mm-hmm. I think for me, it probably really came about um, through the early losses of the captaincy. Actually, um, I know when I first got the the captaincy, um, and we had a series against New Zealand and a series against England right after, and those were two pretty tough series with not many wins in it. I think we beat New Zealand once in the ODIs and once in the T20s, but that was the eight game series, and then England completely destroyed us. Um, in Antigua and Barbados and I think for me um, I kind of figured and felt as though as the captain, it was a hard responsibility to I guess put the job in my hands Um, but at the same time I knew that we had a lot of players who were inexperienced and who unfortunately um, were in a position where they were still learning and are going to be happy learning (laughs) on the job um, obviously because of I guess, the structure of our domestic leagues and, and girls obviously getting to this level um, and still having a lot of learning to do. And for me, I think, is where we got to the World Cup. And we kind of played those first two games against England and India. We we knew they were going to be two hard games, but I remember speaking to one of our coaches at the time, Robert Samuels, and he said um, mm-hmm. the two last games against Pakistan and Ireland were going to be the, the two games that really define uh, where we were as a team and how we were playing. Because even though we were losing to the bigger teams per se, um, it was going to be a real testament to how we were playing against the weaker teams. And I think from that moment, I kind of figured within myself um, as a captain, it's my job to step up and get the job done. And um, I think from that T20 on, from the Pakistan game, um, every single T20 that. We would have played since then. Um, I would have fortunately gotten the play of the match in every single one, even in the losing case with the last game against Australia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and the Ireland game. Yeah. yeah, and I think that for me um, has been the, the biggest thing, just wanting to be better as a team, knowing that as a captain, um, I have to kind of step up from the front and lead by example really consistently. Um, and I think here in Australia too, it's been really fortunate. You asked about conditions and um here in australia the wickets have obviously been great and something i would love to see and be able to play on in the caribbean um just having that free will to go out there and bat and have a true wicket to bat on i think we've seen how it's helping our batters to look a lot better already mm. so yeah
0: mm-hmm. wonderful um well, well chris Darren is with us as well the man who was in charge of the 2007 world cup a big a big fan of women's cricket Of, of, of course uh, Chris um, When we come back From our commercial break I'm going to come to you And of course We're going to come And speak to, to Lisa again mm-hmm. I know that Haley Has got A very limited time But let's pause For a business cause Mason and Guest Broughton an Association With a very good friends
4: the way, and Lloyd off the back foot crashes it through the covers that's four more runs beautiful shot by Lloyd full of confidence
7: <laughs> Lloyd,
4: back foot shot off
6: meets the, meet the bat, and racing away to the boundary the covers had no chance of getting it this tiny young fella by the name of Chiwa, left all he gave from China because of Kerry Potter he said he heard so much about cricket he wants someone to explain it. That's match be between Australia and we, so we start listening to the commentary. He hear the ball swinging. He started asking about He wants to apply um, for the job. In- um, my heart is full. I, I just want to say to
8: Haley,
7: mm. um,
8: thank you, thank you, because there's some of us that grew up on classic batsmanship, admiring classic batsmanship. Mm. And T20 has come along that has sort of made the slugging far more effective. And so when I see classic batsmanship, that, that, that inside out, you know, over cover, the, the, the cover drives, it just it was just amazing to watch. And I just want to thank you because mm. you have now merged what we call classic batsmanship with T20, and you're an example, I think, for everybody to see. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you. Indeed. Um, Lisa, it's interesting because uh, Michaela, uh, of course, sister, Ray um, uh, as well. uh, Ray is a a cricketer, plays for Willi. Is Michaela involved in in the game at all in any way? no.
1: No, no, definitely
0: not. Oh, she's not involved in the game. Uh, but, but, but what's interesting?
1: No.
0: what's interesting is that uh, in, in terms of Haley, um, born March nineteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, Ray is born November nineteenth, nineteen ninety five. Michaela is born March nineteenth, two thousand and one. And somebody told me that you were married on August nineteenth, nineteen ninety five. So there's some affection with yeah. the nineteenth. Hmm, interesting, isn't it? Yeah,
1: very much so. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. And, and and Michaela came on on Haley's third birthday, Michaela and her precocious self was Haley's um third birthday present.
0: <laughs> interesting. So 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 I so, yeah. and, and Dr Ford, you you're born August the nineteenth as well?
1: <laughs> no, no, August seventh so not <laughs> Still in August.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. But, but, mom, mom, I want to, you know, your your daughters would have come up in a time when crick, female cricket wouldn't have developed as it was, especially in their in their early years. And I wonder, as a as a mother, if you had feared for their safety and and wondered about mm. if uh, did you envisage female cricket to be what it is today, and did you see it as a viable Uh, pathway for your your doctor back then
1: I would say firstly you spoke about um, the fear of her the other day when she got hit by that ball in her head you know it was it was over for everybody in a hurry but I was there thinking long term suppose she goes to sleep tonight and something happens you know those are the things that are in your mind with your children etc I hope they're sure it's not a concussion check the neck is everything okay with her so you do have those worries but um, initially when she started to play, no, I didn't necessarily think it was viable. I thought that she was lucky in that she it was a talent, a God-given talent that mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. Uh, recognized from young, and that's very important. And Michael had the confidence <clears throat> for both of us. Mm-hmm. I spoke to him and I said, Michael, I'm not sure that this is going to be viable. I'm not sure that this is the best option for Haley. But he was determined he was adamant for sure, and I took that confidence and went with it, and it, it has just turned out so well, you know? And, yeah.
2: Michael, tell us about about your confidence and why you felt it was that it could be a trailblazer for, for women's cricket yeah. in Barbados and the West Indies and, indeed, the world.
3: Um, I mean, everyone knows I'm big into cricket yes. from very young. Um, when Haley used to go to cricket with me mean, every Saturday, every Sunday, sometimes she was about maybe six or seven years old. And every, every um, break after cricket, someone had to go outside and throw a ball at Haley for her to bat. And I always saw her, you know, with the talent. You could always tell that she would, she would be able to bat once. You know, she got stronger and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember telling the other manager I when she was 12 years old, as she continues on the path she is going mm-hmm. and improving she will play for west Indies before she's 18 years old um she lives at 16 i remember going in the richard clark actually called me a day and said mike you're come and watch your daughter bat." Mm-hmm. and i was like why i mean i, I see hayley pretty often he said no you need to come and watch her and i went to Carlton that evening when i saw hayley batting i went back to work the next day and i told the manager she has a good chance to play for the this year. And I've always believed that Jaylee, you and know, I think Haley could be the best player in the world uh, because I know she has the ability. I know she's very good batting. She's decent with the ball. But I'm not talking all around. I believe she can be the best batter in the world. Once she, you know, keeps her head on and, you know, you know she spoke about bad series against us, um, England and New Zealand.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And we had a good chat after that. Um, you know, I learned, You know, you don't need to be doing so much in T20. Just bat. You are good enough to score runs as free as you want because you play all around the wicket. You don't have to be trying things. Just bat naturally. And you know, she's started to do that. And look, look where it's going now. I mean, she's averaging 62 for the year and 90 rain chasing. She's really,
2: really coming on well. Haley, okay, let's get your perspective because you were in one of the one of our top academics. Uh, schools here and I'm sure that for you it would have been, you know, you would have had some decisions to make. You would have been aware of your love for the sport and for your academics and and what your teachers wanted for you. How difficult was it for you to make that choice to mm-hmm. to really get into cricket as a career?
1: Um, I think, honestly speaking, from the time I was probably 11 or 12 years old. My dream was to be a professional cricketer. Mm. Um and I think when I got the opportunity at sixteen years old, um, obviously while still at Harrison College, um, headed over to Australia for my first well, we were in the Caribbean for my first tour against New Zealand, um, where I pretty much sat down on the bench for the entire tour. I only got an opportunity in the last two twenty. Um, but when I got a grip on my first tour in Australia where I got the opportunity to play every game and um, didn't necessarily go as well in the T20s, but in the ODIs, I was able to go down at 16 years old. And average, I think it was about 60 or 65 against the team that was still the best team in the world at the time, being Australia. You average 60, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it was kind of hard to look back from there um, after such a dream start. And um, I, I went back to school in November. I think it was when we got back from Australia. Um And I really had to make a decision as I did the whole year of school and went, I think around May or June came around. um, We had a tour to Sri Lanka, but obviously we know that the same time that CXCs happen as well. Um, And I had done my full year of school and uh, prepared to do my CXCs, but at the same time, I kind of just had to take the gamble, um, obviously with with the support of my parents, but... It was my passion to represent the West Indies and play cricket professionally and I think the start that I had in Australia really urged me on um, with the passion to want to do it even more.
2: Ilya, uh, what would, you, would be your advice to, to young girls who, like you, love cricket and, and are multi-faceted and multi-talented? What would be your mm-hmm. advice to to any young girl who loves cricket but has other abilities?
1: Um, I think at a young age it's great to be good at a lot of things and then as you get older, you can kind of specialize um, what you, you want to do. But at the same time, I know for sure, um, even more so than when I was a young girl, the opportunities in women's cricket now are endless. Um, you can 100% make a living also of playing women's cricket and make a great living for yourself as well. Um, and the opportunity is there. Um, I would love to see more structure within Barbados and within the West Indies to be able to help players get there. But one thing undoubtedly about um, us in the Caribbean is that we are very, very talented and we have a lot of natural talent within the Caribbean um, that gets us to a certain level. So I think for sure, if you've got a talent and a passion within the game, go for it. But um, yeah, I always believe when I was younger, I played basketball I played um, football, I, I did track and field, I played cricket. So, um, I think all those things coming together helped to not build me as a cricketer, but build me as an athlete first. Um, and then I was able to branch in and really specialize on cricket after that.
2: We know that we're, we're looking for equal pay for, for both, uh, sexes now in the modern world, but, but what advice would you give to someone who is a woman who is in cricket and, you know, managing mm-hmm. the finances? Because we know cricket is a sport that has a, a finite time and, you know, you can never tell how it's going to go. You can get an injury or something's going happen. Uh, what are some of the frameworks for for managing your finance, finances for, for a professional cricketer like yourself?
1: Um, I think probably just, try to set your life up as early as possible one, and to make your money, make the money for you. Um, mm-hmm. Invest your money wisely, um, because like you said, cricket only lasts for maybe a span of 10, 15 years for a lot of people and shorter for self. Um, So it's, it's nothing that's going to pay you until the retirement age at 60 and then you've still got to find some, something to do after that or some way to live after mm-hmm. that and, and invest your money wisely. We'll set up your life early and invest your money wisely um that you can therefore roll over and make money for you after that is going to make life a whole lot easier after you're playing david and
7: mm-hmm. i
4: see andrew andrew yeah, yeah sure uh, i'm so- sorry to put in if i may That's just fine. ask haley if i may ask haley mm-hmm. a question sure um i don't normally like to interfere with sports persons when they're preparing for competition but i think there is still enough time for me to put po- a question and if you don't wish to answer Hilly, i understand maybe it's politically incorrect for me to ask you this and it's early days yet but i was just wondering um if you would care to comment or if it's too early to tell uh around sort of changes in mood um attitudes etc under your new coach um
1: i think all of this has honestly been a journey for the past couple of months um for the past year actually Um, And we've been trying to change the culture around and within the team um, to try to get girls working harder and wanting more and and being more together. And I think we've kind of formed that um, as players within ourselves. Um, And, yeah, I mean, even though that Shane is around, he's definitely facilitated that. Um, But I know the culture and the mood is something that we've definitely pushed as players, um, a lot more so, even with, within the, the old coaching staff. But, yeah, since Shane has been here, he's been great. He's had a light mood around the girls. He has a lot of energy mm-hmm. um, with the as well, which, is, which has been great. And, and, like I said, he's a really positive guy, um, and he's really pushed for the girls to step out their comfort zone and experiment and try things, which is something that I think we definitely need within the setup. up
4: Thanks, thanks very much for that um, very honest answer, Haley. Andrew, I know the Prime Minister of Barbados often mm-hmm. listens to your program, and I suspect that if she's listening this afternoon, there may be um, an ambassadorship in Hayley's future Yes, for her in that response.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. In fact, the Prime Minister, um, when she delivered the Sir Frank World Lecture, talks about equal pay in terms of women. As, I, I like the way, the, the way you were going there with that, Doctor. Um, I certainly would like to see um, a big increase. I know that Dr. Shallow listens to this show as well. The women are doing very well, and we want to see uh, in terms of an increase in pay for them. Uh, certainly, there's no doubt about that. We're going to pause for business calls when we come back. We're going to wrap it. I know that Haley is very, very busy, and we're going to wrap it up when we come back. But, of course, let's go for a commercial break, Nick. Dennis.
7: Dennis, who, Dennis, Dennis, do we, we hello, have a break yet? Yeah, you're hearing me, right?
6: <laughs> yeah.
7: Yes, yes. Yeah, we have a break. I'm here. And you're hearing yes, it clear. I, I, yes, loud and clear. This is really right. good. Yes. Yeah, so, so from mm-hmm. now on, this is how I can easily tune in. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm glad that you you're able to to come in and help too, because <laughs> when well, the commercial break come in, I can go and pause and listen, right? And when okay. you come back on, I just break back in. But right now, I'm going to try and break back in because I think it's a two second or uh, two minutes break. So let's go back to listening, guess. Okay.
1: We always have have a joke like that. I'm there like, Lisa, daily behave yourself. You can't be knocking about the balls like that. But no, honestly, I was, normally I am very, very nervous in her games and I hardly watch them constantly looking away. Mm. But I was just fixed in the game. She looked confident. She looked as though, she made it look easy. And I was able to just relax. And, and watch and totally enjoy. I always admire how she can be such a force on an international, um, in an international realm like that. And, you know, I'm just happy with the result. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and Michael, were you sweating? Michael? Um, I I got nervous,
3: like, you know, I, I knew like 210, she'll tell you, I told her the evening in front, you know, to t- anytime I Australia get 200, mm. you know, Make sure you get a good score, because you're never going to be, you're never going to get that total. You mm. know, make sure you get a good score. Make sure your team is not embarrassed. Like, mm. you know, if you get out early team doesn't get both up for 80. Mm. So make sure you get a, big, a good score. But to get 210 arrow, um, you know, someone called me and I said, look, not a ghost of a chance. Mm. No way. We, we can just take on walk. I what Haley just does well. Mm. Um, because I never really thought they could even get close to it. You know, before they left here, I was thinking, you know, if Australia scored 180, and' guess got to 150. Those are results that, you know, I would be happy with because of where the team is. Um, and to compete against Australia without being embarrassed is, is, would have been great. To go down there and actually beat Australia and chase 212, 213, I mean, it's just, it was unbelievable. That's the truth. I never, ever imagined it,
1: Never.
0: Mm-hmm. Haley, would you rate this as your best innings ever? The one thirty two?
1: Um, I think so. I think I would have played some good innings before that I'm pretty proud of. Um, but I think where you kind of match up all the circumstances around it. Um, chasing two twelve, um, against Australia in Australia, um, a game that would have decided um if they did it that they would have won the series, um, mm-hmm. up against all odds, the classes fifty just being scored on us ever in women's cricket um, right before we went out to bat. And when you kind of weigh up all those things, and um, mm-hmm. then I guess I was able to go out there and put them. Um, Yeah, I would definitely say that as that's, that's, that's one of them that I could be very proud of. I'm probably the number one up there. Um, but at the same time, but I'm so immensely proud of the team performance that day. I think when you're looking at it, and you're kind of looking at the wickets that we play on and we look at the way, I guess we speak about learning in a series like playing against Australia. We talk about trying to improve game by game. And we saw the first match, um, Australia completely knocked off our runs within 13 or 14 overs. And we came back with the exact same team the next day because we wanted the girls to have the opportunity to go out there and be able to learn. And um, we saw the first 10 overs of the game. Um, now we were able to bowl, we completely controlled and, and dominated the game, which is something that um, definitely speaks volumes about learning and coming back the next day and doing better. And um, I know for me, uh, it's definitely something big. Uh, but at the same time, I'm even more proud of the team. And even though they got 213, the girls were able, able to come back the next day and adapt and improve um, with those first 10 overs and then, Stefani obviously scoring ten from twenty in the first game and struggling and mm-hmm. just the way she went at it I we there was no chance of winning that game unless somebody stood out there and did it with me and um who else to put up their hand but Stefani Taylor, obviously mm-hmm. somebody who's been ages and has put up her hand so many times for West Indies cricket, so
0: just, just before you go, in one one you go to the Allen Border field now for the final game, with the kind of confidence that you have in your batting, you're an important cog on the wheel, the West Indies uh, would have won that
1: second game. No doubt your
0: confidence you can beat Australia and win the series, one would imagine.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um look, Coming down here, we went to take it, we want to take it every game um, on its own and it's no different for this last game. Um I know it's the series decided, but uh, for us, we, we're playing a game of cricket um, that's going to be just important as every other one that we would have played before representing the West Indies. So hopefully we could go out there and have a really good performance. It would be amazing, an amazing feat if we could come over to Australia um, and win a T20 series. But we know that's going to come with some special performances and hopefully a special
0: performance is what we can put down. Mm-hmm. Mommy, what do you say to your daughter? I know you love her. When you first I uh, started to speak. I could see the emotions. She could even look at you. Myself and Larry Mayers recognize that. You're obviously um, very, very tight. What, what do you say to your daughter? She's not preparing for this big game at the Allen Board of talk to Talk to me. Tell me what you're going to say to your daughter before you go. The tapes are rolling.
1: I'm just saying, here it continues to be your hands. As I said, I'm very proud of your leadership, how you conduct yourself. Leon,
0: what gives there?
1: That's superb. Okay. So just continue to strive and do your best, and make sure you put God first in everything.
0: Oh, wonderful. Michael, your, your advice to your daughter? I know you love her. Tell her you love her on this show, please.
3: <laughs> yeah, she, she, knows, she knows I
0: love
3: her. She, she knows <laughs> that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, no, it's just, I always tell her, you know, every game you go there, you know, try, you try to do your best. And, you know, I just to tell you, all of a sudden, don't play any stupid shots. Mm-hmm. Just look at where the field is and look for your scoring areas, where you're going to score the runs. And, you know, I think that Haley can, and I would love her to get another century. I'm mm-hmm. sorry that she didn't get the first one mm-hmm. because two back-to-back hundreds oh. and two twenties, I don't think anyone has done that. If mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. she can come and get another big score and lead West it's the victory it would be fantastic. So I just like to wish her all the best, that her to you know keep her head on when she's batting. She has twenty overs to bat, not five overs. Mm-hmm. And once she bats twenty overs, you know Westonies will have a
0: chance. Michael, your advice to Haley before she goes? This Michael? Yes.
4: <laughs> There's not really much more that can be added to what her parents have told her. I mean I I really don't have any advice for her having never played the game at the highest level or any level, quite frankly. <laughs> or any level of note, I should say. But Haley, I, I certainly wish you all the best, yourself and the team. Um, I will be up at 2 o'clock on Thursday morning.
7: Mm-hmm. And,
4: um, we, we, you know, we, we're looking forward to great things from you and the rest of the team.
0: Well, well then, Michael, let's go to the cricketer then. Let's go to Fellow Wallace. Fellow must have some advice. He's a technician. Fellow? I, I thought you were going to say Chris Deering. <laughs>
5: <Well, laughs>
0: him too, as the Jamaicans would say, him too.
5: Yes, yes. Yeah, we've, all, we've all played Andrew, even if it's bad and ball. I just want to say to Haley, uh, continue being confident. But the key to confidence and success is calmness. Mm. I think that's where you're beating the Australians on being calm.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: Continue to be calm. And you know what the price is. I'm just going to pick up the price and say thank you very much. And keep striving for the stars. Take your side with you. It's a good feeling when a captain can lead and all the others are following. It's a good feeling. But I need to keep pressing these crickets strong in in, in the wonder.
0: All people are hailing you from there and from far. What do you have to say to your many supporters as you end this uh, interview many supporters, not only in the Caribbean, but across the world. Final word with you.
1: Yeah, I guess just keep supporting. Um, we we definitely down here in Australia trying our best, and uh, we obviously face so many challenges um, within world cricket, but we're always going to give it our all, and um, I know the results might not always come our way, um, but I think a lot of people could be proud with the way the West of women have been playing over the last few months for sure, and Um, we know we for sure we're
0: Hello, Liam. Lisa? Thanks, um, to Dad, for coming through and talking to us as well. And we really want to wish you all it's the best. Thanks, nice. Haley. All right. So there you have it. Thanks, Lisa. Oh, Thanks, thank Michael. You. And we wish her I all you. the best as she goes off to training. All right. Now, I think it yeah. slides us in now quite nicely to uh, Chris Darren. How important is, is, is women's cricket? I mean, uh, Chris, uh, I mean, Haley has done so very well. Um, in the Caribbean, we could see a lot um, better performances. Um, the importance of women's cricket, uh, Chris, from a marketing perspective as well.
8: Well, well I, I'd like to use the analogy of the, how soccer grew in the United States. Mm-hmm. And it was because of the dramatic growth in female soccer that eventually has now led to the dramatic growth in male soccer mm-hmm. in the United States. In fact, it, you know, if you think about it, it was all those soccer moms 30, 40 years ago,
7: mm-hmm.
8: that of course their children now are soccer players and their soccer players and their children are, are both boys and girls. And so you, you see the importance of making sure that half of your population, which are the women, mm-hmm. can contribute to even the, the growth on the men's side over time. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, when you see the quality of cricket that the ladies are now playing, it, it all goes well, because remember, the the, 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 the mate or the, the, the parent that spends probably the most time with the child, with children, across the Caribbean, across the world, mm-hmm. are the mothers. Yes. So if you have women having this level of technical quality, you can see how it impacts cricket quality across both male and female. And so, you know, the, the Americans discovered that very, very early. Uh, in terms of the ladies' soccer, mm-hmm. that ladies' soccer was the key to growing men's soccer.
0: Mm. Um, Michael Hall, how important is women's cricket in relation to the Caribbean Premier League?
4: Yeah, well, Andrew, I mean, it it, 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 it was late in coming, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we introduced the WCPL only in 2022, um, and obviously, we, it came back again this year. We had hope to to have been able to expand the field um, and maybe get a couple, at least one more franchise involved that didn't materialize this year. We're looking for it hopefully to happen next year. It's extremely important, Andrew. I mean,
7: mm-hmm.
4: you know, the, 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 the global milieu for sports, irrespective of the sport, you know, is littered with female stars and female brightness. Um, there is every reason to believe that you know the level of coverage afforded to sports is finding level ground whether it's whether it's you know female sports or male sports i think we saw that being borne out the numbers aren't quite as good as they are for the men's fifa world cup but there were record is record viewership for the women's recently concluded women's world cup so you see a leveling of the playing field it's really important and it's very important for us at the cpl as well um and since you're you know, one of your pet subjects is equal pay for women. I just want to be able to proudly say that this year the average salary for the women in the WCPL was doubled from the first year. So we are, we believe we're trending in the right direction in that regard as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And how, how would you uh, assess uh, this year's uh, CPL in terms of the women? I know you just started recently. Were you, were you happy
5: overall yeah. with
4: it? Yeah, Andrew, look, I, I think uh, unless not, you know let's not be coy about it right um we have three women's franchises mm-hmm. um affiliated with the with the existing male franchise yes and each of those teams have 11 um by mandate 11 west indian players nine senior and two emerging
7: mm-hmm.
4: augmented by four overseas players uh, which, which the franchises are free to sign from you know wherever they can just go to the market and offer a contract um within the salary cap of course i think the quality of cricket was a lot better this year and i think that had um a fair bit to do with the quality of the overseas players who were here many of them would have been maybe at the sort of in the twilight of their careers but the vast experience and 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 the skill set that they brought i think made the cricket better and as i said let's not be coy about it right i mean i think that if we were to introduce a fourth franchise Um, and try to populate it with 11 more West Indian cricketers. At this stage Mm -hmm. of of women's cricket in the Caribbean, we may struggle to Mm -hmm. to put together a a fourth competitive team. And and I think even the people who are in Mm -hmm. women's cricket in the Caribbean will will agree with that assessment. So there is a ways to go, but I think we're on the right Mm
2: path. Doc? Well, my question to... Michael, is how do we capture and really monetize this female part of uh, cricket for the for RT20 tournament?
4: Well, performances like the ones that Haley has just put down won't hurt. Let's start right there. Um, Andrew, look, you know, it, it's not necessary, I mean, I should say not necessary for me to say, but but it's not it's, it's real. It's not for me to say how we are going to get Western Ind- women's cricket in the Caribbean to the stage where we could have six franchise teams playing in the WCPL. That's not my sort mm. of responsibility. We, we, we hope that by providing a platform to showcase those women who are now playing and are playing at a good enough level to take part in a professional franchise league, that it will inspire others to want to play in the same way that Hale is you know two innings and and stefan's long career glittering career you know deandra Dutton, who may not play for the west indies anymore but still very much a west indian female cricketing icon all of these things will inspire a new generation um we have heard from the, the stewards of the game in the caribbean that they are you know there's been or, or there will be placed an additional focus on female cricket and we only hope that um that's not just lip service and that all of the things that would underpin that kind of growth will be put in place um because we are we are ready to welcome
2: additional teams into the wcpl without a doubt but but you know we've all been chasing uh ipl and and now there's women's ipl and it's it's a force on its own that generates it's an independent force that generates uh lots of income and jobs and You know, it's not as big as the men's IPL, but it's quite formidable. So the thing is, I'm looking at a time when the the women's section will be separate and maybe have another window because women's cricket, the calendar is different. And and maybe it has a, a part to play and can be something that can help to grow and expand the CPL in the future.
4: Yeah, well look, I, I am going to be like Cody Walsh now and sort of just play out the last ball so that Chris can take the strike as the better batsman. But mm. what I will say what I will say is this. Mm. We 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 have we have sort of interspersed or, or meshed together the WCPL with the CPL in the first two years, yeah? Um and the plan because although the tournament has just finished and I should be getting some rest at my age, I've already put together the schedule for next year. Um and the plan is to to let the w c p. l stand on its own, separate and apart from the the c p l and therefore shine an even bigger spotlight on it and not have it be overshadowed by you know the more traditional c p l so that's one way that we hope um you know to to shine a brighter light on it so that potential investors can see its value
2: mm. but but before just before um i you know, stop my questioning. Um the the CPR has issues based on the window that international cricket and the calendar doesn't allow for active, uh, you know, high level players to, to, to play a part and we have to depend on mostly recent retirees and and some stalwarts that have stayed with us. And you do agree that the inability to to capture and to engage the players that, that are on the top of the rankings in CPL is maybe one of our limiting factors. How do we how do we overcome this and and do we well I, I leave it there. How do we really overcome that? Yeah, look Andrew, I,
4: I, I think that your your um comment, I'm asking, uh, your, your I'm comment the wrong, wrong person? Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I think your comment about the, the quality of players who take part in the, in the CPL, and I assume you're referring here to the overseas players, because certainly yeah. the yeah. best West Indian players are made available for the CPL, so it couldn't be them. Um, I think that that comment that you've made perhaps has applied more recently in the last three or so years. I think that we have attracted our fair share of current outstanding international players over the years. Um, the, the, the biggest truth to what you said a while ago is, is the whole question of the window that we have to play the tournament in. Um, and, and the CPL does not carry the same level of commercial clout that the IPL does. Yeah, the IPL as a tournament gets for itself um, two months out of the cricketing calendar where everything else comes to a grinding halt right? to facilitate the IPL, but who who um you know what's the saying who who pays the piper calls the tune Mm. so so they can make those demands we are also constrained by um the west indies or, or cricket west indies international commitments certainly the ones at home and have to wait until those are finished before we can play our tournament then there's also other competing elements and quite frankly um we, we don't have the economy here in the Caribbean, notwithstanding the support that we get from our sponsors, but the, for the CPL, which we're, which we're obviously very grateful for. But we don't—we just don't have the, the, I want to say the cachet, because we have a brand and a very valuable one as well. We're the second most watched T20 League in the world. But when you're competing now against uh, Major League Cricket, the 100, um, maybe other international tours that take place, after the IPL is finished and, and other cricketing nations can, can have their tournaments. There's the Asia Cup every two years. So it's a massive challenge to get the players um, that we would like to get. Uh, I think we've done, still done very well and held our own. Um, and the CPL will always have a certain cachet and a certain attraction for players to come and take part. Um, I'm not sure too many people knew who Saeed Mayoub was this year before the CPL. The, the, the opener from Pakistan who paid for the Ghana Amazon Warriors. But I think he'd be hard pressed to say that he's not now established himself as an emerging star and a potential future star for his national team. So while we may not have, you know, the Kane Williamsons, et cetera, et cetera, we do find, and that's down to the teams that, you know, the scouting systems that they have and the contacts that they have in the cricketing world, we still bring, I think, some good international cricketers to the tournament every year.
2: Is expanding to the U.S. a, a way of, of of really improving your fortunes and expanding, though? <laughs> somebody's heard, somebody's know, already done that. I know they they have their own uh, tournament and their own window, which will grow and, and probably surpass us. But the thing is, if we are limited by, I guess Chris will tell us, we're limited by population, and, and that limits our TV uh, resources. So is there a way we can expand... And and still do something else. So are we curtailed? I, I'm. I, go I'd have go ahead. Chris, on that one. Chris, go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Please. <laughs>
7: um,
8: good single there, Mike. Um, yes. Yes. Come, come on. Come on.
0: <laughs> mm. short thing.
8: Um, Doctor Ford. Sometimes I feel like. We in the Caribbean, or the rest of the world, is playing chess.
7: Mm. And we
8: in the Caribbean, all we know is dominoes. Um, because the, the move that you see taking place around the globe, especially regards to T20 over the last couple of years, and, and recently with Major League Cricket and Mukesh Ambani and the stadium he's building up in New York, and the other billionaire there who built that stadium in, in Dallas and so on. They know something we don't know. <laughs> um, we're 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 still playing dominoes. Um, you know, I, I I almost feel like there a couple of years ago when Apple all of a sudden pumped billions of dollars into Major League Soccer. Yeah, and everybody started like, Major League Soccer MLX You know, and then two years later, Messi. So people are planning uh, something way in advance. They understand what's happening before we can even think about it. Um, we're not at the nexus of, of all this information and so on. When, you see, when, I, when I saw Aramco, I don't know how many people in the Caribbean even know the name Aramco. Aramco is the most profitable company in the world. They're the second biggest company in the world by revenue. Um, they're the Saudi company that produces all the oil in the world, the largest producer of oil. When I see a Saudi company getting involved in ICC, that's a major sponsor. I know, you know, everything screams that something's happening. I don't know what it is, Mm. but somebody knows something somewhere that we don't know about this, where the sport is going. Um... We need to get in there. We need to find out, exa- you know, and try and suss so because that's the opportunity for us in the Caribbean. The challenge we have is not just the size of the population, but we have a disparate media market. Yes, the internet and streaming now makes it possible to, you know, reach all markets simultaneously. But then again, when you look at internet penetration, and it is still a little way off from making um, the domestic market which is which is always the core revenue for any league your domestic um market that's the sort of base that he- helps you with your production costs etc etc it's it's challenging still to make that domestic market work just with the size and the fact that we really don't have the kind of subscriber base at the end of the day i always say no matter how many times you out of the caribbean it's still five five and a half million relatively poor people <laughs>
4: And Chris, uh, sorry, can you, can we just I just want to make sure that the, the, we make the distinction we talk about the domestic market, you're talking about cricket West Indies and their properties and not the CPL.
8: Correct, correct. But 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 even the CPL, because it's based in the Caribbean,
7: mm. it would
8: have been fantastic. Just like India has in IPL has their domestic India market which creates this massive base for them to mm. then expand around the world, the CPL would have benefited too from the fact that if you had a robust domestic television question.
7: Mm-hmm.
8: I'll, I'll tell you this. When I saw Aramco, I know enough to know that when I saw Aramco sign on as this big sponsor of, the, of, of global cricket, my antenna went up immediately. What is this massive Saudi company that, doing, that hardly plays cricket investing so much money in this thing? Something is happening. I instinctively knew. But there's, most of the Caribbean hasn't even heard of Ramco and therefore would not even see the significance. Mm. You know, so it, we, we have a long way to go in the Caribbean. It's not just the fact that we have a, you know, a, a disparate market for for sports um, and, and broadcast rights and so on. It's always been a challenge of the, the West Finnish Cricket Board. As I always say, you can correlate the, the decline in West Phoenix Cricket, the, the year television came into cricket because then now you had these companies these countries rather that had these massive domestic markets were collecting massive broadcast rights and the western is getting zero
4: Mm. and getting cost if we wouldn't give it to everybody free
2: Mm. yeah correct but it it is interesting i mean but but we do have to look for a solution because uh, i think Chris and Michael, you would, you would accept that cricket West Indies mm-hmm. is a is a floundering, underfunded, uh, administrative group with limitations that seem insurmountable mm-hmm. and without uh, uh, an avenue for both. We also see that every cricketing country of significance and every fledgling, growing cricketing country uses T20 to finance all the rest of their cricket, and then we have. The CTL that's trying its best, maybe the second most watched, but revenue-wise, there's no correlation between the eyeballs and the revenue. So we also have uh, an alliance that we're supposed to have with the USA that we were supposed to be shepherding them, but we can see that within a few years, they will surpass us in revenue and, and in significance. So I guess the real question is, how do we lift ourselves up you mentioned uh the, the saudis and other people who can we link ourselves to that can save us so because that's what we need to do we need to get in the expertise mm. we don't have the expertise uh, for the growth how do we solve it
4: okay so i'm gonna i'm going to bowl chris hold on i'm going to bowl you a nice long hop andrew for me mm. and maybe i'm going to get coast blue the question is not how do we the bigger question is, can we even mm. under the current structure. framework and the current structure? And, and my not so educated guess is that I doubt it seriously. Mm. Yeah?
8: Let, let me, I have been looking at it for a number of years, doc. And, you know, when I came up with that idea of... The individual countries playing t20 as countries yeah <laughs> the immediate knee-jerk reaction and i know it, it is so it's such a an <laughs> a, 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 anathema everything we know and love about west is cricket
4: even to you who suggested mm,
8: yes because it you know even when it comes out of my mouth i cringe because yeah, of yeah. my love for this thing that Gave us all our global identity for so many years.
4: Absolutely.
8: But I look at what is happening in other countries around the world, and I do not think there's nobody that can be successful as a national team without two things in the modern sports paradigm. Commercial revenues, commercial resources, and national resources. Cricket West Indies, because it is, based in the Caribbean, is always going to be limited on the commercial revenue side and resources unless the ICC changes its, it changes its entire revenue distribution model of cricket. And we know how that has gone. I personally gave presentations at the ICC and told them, this is what is going to happen if you continue to do what, you, what you're doing. And we got outvoted 9-1, if you remember that many, many years ago, myself and Papa Rousseau and claudius Joseph. So, commercial opportunities are are going to be limited. Yes, we can you, we can always do better with those commercial opportunities, and we can explore more. And what's happening in the United States, and see how we can um, um, create nexuses that we can exploit. But the other factor, national resources, is what other countries have as a matter of, of course, mm-hmm. you know they don't have to think about national resources. Their school system. Is funded. We are practicing in our high schools in Jamaica with this in the exact same way we practiced 50 years ago when Michael and I were in high school and Michael was a promising medium fast bowler. Fast. So mm. you know, <laughs> do you think we can produce international quality professional elite cricketers in the same way that we were doing 50 years ago? Of course not. Because that doesn't happen anywhere else around the world. When Ireland beat us the other day and Netherlands beat us, I had to explain to people in the Irish high school system, which is well-funded, which has nothing to do with cricket, you know, it's the government funding their high schools and sports in the high schools, the amount of bowling machines and practice balls and net facilities and so that they have just as a matter of course, natural resources that are, being, that are fed into that pipeline, we don't have. So we don't. So because, and we, you'll never get governments in the Caribbean investing mm. in West Indies cricket because there's no such country called the West Indies. West, West
5: Indies... I've heard a lot. I've said very little. Your Chris, time. You know. Chris, do we have the administrators in the region mm. that understands the value of cricket? Mm. In 2023 and beyond.
8: I don't like to cast aspersions. What I would say is that because... We we have administrators that have dedicated their lives and their time on an amateur basis, on a part-time basis yes. to the sport. Yes. And so I'm not talking at the highest level, that's their Western cricket. I'm talking throughout um, the
4: territories.
8: in the territories, all the way down to you know um, community leagues and so on. Mm-hmm. Our administration of the sport in the Caribbean is amateur because these are people who have dedicated their time, spare time, on a part-time basis. That cannot compete in the modern paradigm where you have professional, full-time administrators, sports lawyers, uh, but, sports rights negotiators through the length and breadth of England,
5: through the length and of the breadth you, of India. But if you try to change the status quo, people get vexed. I say, why would you want to pay a man to be an administrator? But he's, there's something called giving back. I can't, I, can't, I don't understand what is giving back.
8: Well, not in the modern world. You cannot expect an amateur who, as much as they love the sport, and mm. want to give time to them. They're not professional. They've never been trained in the international market seeing, understand the complexities of sports rights and all the things that you can do with it, and, and how can you monetize it. How, you know, so, so I don't knock. Our oh, uh, administrators, I cannot, because I know we would not be where we are today without those people ha- that have dedicated their time, you know, free <laughs> to the sport. All
0: right, gentlemen, let's, let's pause for business calls. When we come back, we'll continue the discussion. We'll open the lines as well, 441790. Well, well, we were listening listen to, listen to... to yes, English.
7: English broadcast which is the the given, point, given to enjoy we apologize for the interruption, interruption but it was due to fault of mine, of and not of the broadcast out of Barbados thank you people for your love and concern about, about us, us. As, As a great show this evening, just let like join us each Sunday, sous- Sunday evening from 6 until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, We we talk cricket, pure cricket, further no else in the Caribbean. Let's, let's rejoin. And yes, over on Barbados. Make a bid, make a bid, Michael.
0: In terms of hosting? Uh, was, I, w- was I surprised?
7: Mm. Um,
4: I, I, I I would say not necessarily surprised, Andrew. Um, mm. Jamaica has not been a host for the Caribbean Premier League in the last two years. Mm. 2020, obviously, was not possible. We, we, it was the pandemic year. We played it in Trinidad. And 2021, while the pandemic lingered, we played it entirely in St. Kitts. Mm. But they did not Uh, meet the criteria to host games in 2022 nor did they do so in 2023 Um, and they have rebuffed all advances by both the league and the franchise on the basis that um, they're not seeing the value economic value that the cpl brings in spite of Mm. all of the data that's been presented to them um over those years of 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 um soliciting their support so in that context, no' not particularly surprised that Jamaica did not make up to host the um any matches in the t20 World Cup um against that background it 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 wasn't really that big of a surprise
0: but uh, but jamaica you're you're disappointed i would imagine well yeah Andrew i mean uh, you know
4: the swearing uh, you know, a sort of slightly xenophobic hat. Yes, I'm I'm disappointed. I mean, I'm a Jamaican. I would love to see cricket World Cup matches being played here in Jamaica. Um, you know, added to the add to that the fact that um, you know, 16 years ago, I was what I would like to think an integral part of the organisation that staged the 50-over World Cup here in the Caribbean and did so very successfully. Mm-hmm. So it's it is disappointing in that regard. Certainly. But again, to answer your first question, am I surprised? No, not really.
0: No, I understand that uh, our very good friend, Johnny Grave, who's the CEO of Cricket West Indies, is also in charge of the organizing committee in relation to World Cup 2024. Have you been asked to help in any way, um, Michael?
4: With, in terms of running the tournament? Yes. Um... No. Uh, we as the we, we met with Cricket West Indies in January of this year. When I say we, I mean the, the CPL did. Mm. The, the senior you know, management from CPL and, and Cricket West Indies. And um, the hosting of the World Cup was on the agenda, and there was a, a fair bit of discussion around how maybe there could be some synergies and some mm. relationships created, uh, and so on and so forth. But um, I personally have not been approached mm. by by anyone uh, mm to, uh, you know, or been asked to play a role. Mm. Um, I did, I did notice that there were some, somebody sent me a link to a website where certain Mm. jobs had been posted and people were being asked to apply and, Mm. and so on. Um, I don't know if they sent it to me because they were hoping that I would apply, but I didn't. Mm. So no, I wasn't, I wasn't asked any direct question about being involved in it.
0: Mm. Chris, anybody has asked you anything? You were the man in 2007? no, No no
8: not 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 nobody but uh that's
0: fine
8: mm. um it, it's going to be a, a great challenge i think um as i said the event has grown beyond even the the um event in 2010 and um you know when you have um seven seven venues in the caribbean and three venues in the u.s uh, It's thousands of miles apart um you know the each individual venue, can probably successfully host the event. Mm. The, the, the real success of hosting though is how you stitch it all together so it seems like one seamless event. Um, and I, you know, remember, it, back in 2007, we, you know, we actually introduced laws, sunset legislation, <laughs> just mm-hmm. to create this common platform across the the con- the, the region, so that we could Present a seamless event, you know. People were, you know, the whole venue overlay, how each venue looked, and um, the logistics, moving, you know, um, the, all the television equipment and teams, and people up around, and players obviously around, around the region, and, and fans with the single domestic space. You remember your own prime minister was a champion of the single domestic space and the regional security system. You know, she really led the. Implementation and the management of that. Um, so, I, I have no idea what Cricket West Indies is doing. I, I will say this: my immediate thought with all of these things, Cricket West Indies has a one really fundamental, important role to make sure we have a competitive West Indies
7: team. Mm. That
8: is that is that a, a successful home team creates the spirit and energy. Mm-hmm. Of hosting an event,
7: mm-hmm.
8: Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we just have to be up We have to be careful that that prize, that um, core function, is not watered down in any way. That we pay very close attention to making sure we have a, um a successful western team. I'm sure you know the fact is we've hosted now a, a cricket, a couple of cricket workups, and now we have a cadre of people across the region that have ex- their experience. If you to remember when we first hosted the Cricket World Cup, in the years leading up, people didn't even know what the term ambush marketing meant and the commercial rights and obligations. They didn't understand, for instance, that time that the West Indies, as a member of the ICC, was hosting the event on behalf of all the members of the ICC. This was not the West Indies tournament. This is a global tournament that the West Indies, as a member that's hosting is has to deliver the commercial all the obligations of this event on behalf of the entire icc family that's how they get their money mm-hmm. so it's it, it, you know as long as we keep remembering that and cricket west is remembers that that this is not just their tournament it's not just their regional t20 type scenario mm-hmm. um you know they'll be okay um, they're bringing the right people they're professional event managers Know that Familiar with the Caribbean, they're, they're, the television crews are familiar with the Caribbean. The one thing that worries me when it, the, the, whoever is in charge of scheduling the
5: matches—wow,
8: mm. uh, that is a job I wouldn't want. Mm-hmm. That is a job I wouldn't want.
4: You didn't want You didn't want it in 2007 either.
8: <laughs> and, and remember, Michael. Remember how we scheduled it. You know, we were almost forced by the logistical challenges to schedule and create the groups the way we did to keep a sort of linear movement of the World Cup.
3: Yep.
7: Mm.
8: Because of the, the, you don't have the, the, the airlift between islands um, that you would you can just simply put matches all over the place and hey, everybody's going to island hop and move around, that type of thing. You, you don't have that sort of... Um, Regular standard airlift, and in fact, we had to put in place. Remember, Mike, a whole deal with the, the three airlines and, and sure. to 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 help with that. You know, linear movement of the tournament from stage yep. to stage. Yep. The T20 isn't like that. There's, you know, there's uh, group stages, but there's also the super eights where people are moving around. So, I, I, I I'm I'm assuming that they've already thought this thing through when they've you know looked at 10 venues to do that sort of hopping um yeah. and uh but i still wouldn't want to be the person to, to do that
6: i think it's
4: a shame chris you mentioned you know you mentioned getting the consortium of the three airlines that existed in the caribbean at the time together at Air jamaica and Bibi. Uh mm-hmm. and bb at the time
7: mm-hmm.
4: um unfortunately there's really only one caribbean carrier operating now And and again, to me, that's a little bit of a tragedy in the sense that a lot of that revenue spend is probably going to go to other markets as opposed to, you know, countries domiciled here in the region. I mean, that's just an economic reality, but it's it's a comment that I think um, was worth making.
8: So, so, um, so, you know, how are they going to move between, say, St. Vincent, Grenada, um not going no. antigua Domin- um, dominica
4: dominica,
8: dominica. Um,
4: that's the I, one that that's know, the one
8: that hits me you know uh it's it's listen i remember even the, the difficulty of trying to go to meetings <laughs> so um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i it, it's going to be a, a challenge of course one you know every challenge is an opportunity so um this is where hopefully they you know can maybe look again at charter slice and selling seats and i don't know if they're going to try and bring back the single domestic space because that was a uh, incredible a lot of people you know philo you would appreciate this mm. because you've been through the caribbean under the west Indies test tour. and it, the challenge we have is when we move from venue to venue in the Caribbean, you're moving from country to country. That's not an event. An event is seamless, you know, for a player. They should be just moving from Sabina Park to, Br- to Bridgestone to Kensington Oval to to um, the,
7: the they moving yeah. across
8: borders and so on. So when we introduce the whole single mm-hmm. domestic space, a player would leave his bags, Outside of his hotel room in Barbados, the next time he saw that bag was in his room in um, Trinidad,
4: Grenada. Where,
8: yeah. that Yep. That's the next time he saw his bag. He and that player never went through customs or any immigration.
5: Nope. There were special. I understand all that, but then we have now the venues in America. Mm. What is the legislation for the for the American? And, and um, then
8: how do to... <laughs> That's a brilliant point, brilliant, Philo. You know,
5: because I'm, I'm telling you this, I'm not. Chris, I'm not even hearing anything about sunset legislation for the Caribbean yet. Hmm. Well, maybe they're not going to introduce it.
8: May you know, I I, I don't know. Um, but it, because I said you know, stitching it together between Caribbean islands is one thing. At least you have common cultures, common, common, generally common laws. Um, yes, we did have to bring in sunset legislation, really, because. There were no event laws as such to help protect the commercial rights and that type of thing. So we brought in specific sunset legislation. Stitching it together with the United States, that's going to be very interesting.
4: I'm just, I I mean, Afghanistan is in the World Cup, right? You know, I don't, I'm 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 not saying anything more, Chris, because when the Afghani players want to come to the CPS the rigmarole that they have to go through and the hoops. So I'm wondering, is America going to suspend all of the visa requirements for Afghanistan, Pakistan, well, it's not et cetera?
8: do as far as Afghanistan. Remember the 4 Pakistan. Right. For oh. our <laughs> um, So, you know, yeah. It's, Let's it's hope. Look,
4: like you, I hope that everything has been properly thought out. Absolutely. I have to believe that it has been. Mm. It, it has to have been. The only difference, Chris, and I think you and I were speaking, you know, Private debauches a couple of days ago. They, I, I don't get the same sense of awareness that certainly existed nine months before we did our World Cup in 2007 on behalf of the ICC. That 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 you know, in June of next year, the World Cup is going to be in the Caribbean. I'm just not getting that.
8: Sense to be of... fair, though, to be fair, we were the first. There was a lot of global doubt that we could host it. We had to build all these venues so people were seeing the venues and stadiums (laughs) being built and there was lots of debate. So, uh, in a sense, we've broken the pack of the sort of... um,
5: Scepticism.
8: ...or skepticism. So, yeah, there's generally confidence that we can can do it. Mm. Um, So, you know, we probably won't start to get that until next year after this 50-over World Cup. Then now the interest turns to the next global event, which is the T20 World Cup. And of course, as teams qualify, you're going to start to see those teams maybe wanting to come to the Caribbean, acclimatise themselves. As I said, you know, you know, when I when I, I laugh when I hear debates on radio and Andrew um, mm. in Jamaica talking about, oh, we wouldn't have gotten any of the major teams that are getting gotten somebody like Qatar, and and I, I, I said, my goodness. Imagine if Qatar did come to Jamaica.
4: I know and and rich was, man.
8: And, and the in, in <laughs> era of Qatar came to Jamaica. Mm. Yeah. Or like, you know, maybe the maybe the we're trying to we, we should be aiming for is their sovereign wealth fund. <laughs> you know. Mm. Exactly. Um, so there's cricket and there's the event and then there's exploiting the event. Um, and all three need to to be stitched together, mesh, um, for the benefit of the fans, the sport, and the country that are hosting.
0: Michael, do you know the members of the organizing committee? No, I don't.
7: Hmm.
0: Well, I understand that. CEO Johnny Grave is the man in charge. He's CEO of Cricket West Indies and he's also Mm the CEO of um, the organizing committee. Do you like that?
4: Well, um, Andrew, what I will say is, and I can speak from my knowledge base, right? In 2007 the West Indies Cricket Board, I think they was still the West Indies Cricket Board at the time, mm. in, had, in my view, the, the, the wisdom to create a special purpose company. Right. Yeah? Separate and apart from its own corporate structure with, with um, you know, hand-picked or, or, or uh, carefully selected persons to staff it and, and to sort of, Yes, be, be uh, you know report to Cricket West City, or to the Western Cricket Board, but to in many respects be autonomous in how they right. went about mm-hmm. planning and executing this event. Um, and I, I don't know what the rest of the organising committee is or its composition. You say John Grave, uh, CEO of Cricket West City is also the head of that local, uh, of that mm-hmm. organising committee. Um, uh, but I, I can't speak to whether or not what they're doing this year will will be successful. Again, I stress, I I hope with all my heart, that it mm. does, mm. you know, end up being a success. But Michael, I can't really comment because
0: I don't, I, don't, I don't know who else is on the committee. Michael, do you have any concerns?
4: Do I have any concerns about the fact that Johnny Grave is the head of the organizing committee? hmm I'm going to have to signal a no-ball. Well, Andrew, let me okay. Let me um, let me do something that you are famous for doing. <laughs> do,
0: do, what concerns do you have? Because
4: clearly you have some.
0: <laughs> well, well, I certainly will go the route that you've gone. I think that people like yourself and Chris Davin should be involved, and there should be a committee separate and apart from the John Graves and and so people. Who who else is on the committee? You do you know? Well, so you know that well, 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 well um, Dr. Shallow was on our show last week and, you know, he'd he, you know he, he troubled, I, I would say, in terms of uh, telling us the, the names. I mean, it might have been unfair to him in terms of the question, but I think there's a guy called Bash, somebody Bash in the committee. You know the name Bash? Farrar Frou- 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 Bass. forward, Bash. I think he, he's right. a big man, isn't he? Do you, you know
7: him?
4: Mm, um, I met him in Antigua in January of this year. Mm. Um, I believe he, I, I'm not sure what his role is, but I know it's, he's got a pretty elevated role in the organizational yes. structure.
0: Yes. Yeah,
4: yeah. Mm. Can I you believe go, he was also involved in the Under-19 World Cup right. uh, in
0: 2022. Mm. Fellow Dr. Uh, Ford, can you go on any website, anywhere to find the, uh, the organizing committee?
5: Well, well, Andrew, this is my take on Cricket West Indies. There's a new director of cricket called Miles Basko, who's been there since August, and we haven't heard from him. Mm. So I wouldn't expect to see anything about the committees of cricket, of, of who's running, who's in charge of uh, the World Cup 2024 mm. in the Caribbean on any website. I just think it is a little strange. Uh, the CEO of Cricket West Indies is the CEO of the entire World Cup in the Caribbean that we are hosting for ICC. Mm. Um, my question is: I, I'm not certain if Mr. Grave is going to be doing Cricket West Indies work and ICC work at the same time. How mm. is he going to mesh those two things? Because we still have England coming mm-hmm. to the region, and you need somebody. You need somebody in the office to to the, 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 the office in Antigua. Mm. So, given Mr. Grave response, I had the responsibility of being the CEO of World like Cup 2023, the ICC, is it, a little is a little hard because he has to travel as well. I can't see him going on these Zoom meetings with ICC. So it's a little, it's a little ticklish I heard Dr. Chalalasi say that he's the CEO of the of the of the setup. I found I it very strange. Who's mm. going to manage our, our, our own cricket in the region? Who's going to man that office in Antigua? I know we are losing our marketing our marketing guy yes. in December. Mm. So there's a lot of. This, have you there, heard there, there, ha,
0: there Have you heard that Michael that Dominique Warren will no longer be with uh, Cricket West Indies come December? That, wanted, have you, you heard that Michael? Andrew,
5: Yes, Have well, you heard that? He's okay. leaving, West mm. he's leaving West Indies, but he's still going to be working for the ICC. Mm. Have you heard that, Michael, as well? It's a little strange. I,
4: I didn't. I didn't hear where he was going, <laughs> but I did hear that he would not. He would be leaving cricket West Indies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, we, so cricket West Indies is looking for a marketing, commercial director now, then.
0: Yes, they are indeed. The, the yeah, days. it would be. His last day of the job is December 31st uh chris will you apply for that job chris
8: i I understand the concerns it, it, the one thing that i you know gives me comfort is that the the revenues that are now around t twenty and the fact that it's a short of format of the game. So the logistics is a little bit easier. You know, you have the whole day to <laughs> morning session and and so on to, to correct issues and so on. Um, they'll probably be hiring an event manager, I would think. Um, we did for Cricket World Cup. We had a a, a corporate event ma- manager who worked alongside us. They hired a lot of West Indians, but you had somebody who had understood they, they, they sort of global nature of the event and so on to handle the media to handle it is very unlike you know anybody tells me the under 19 world cup or 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 putting on being involved in putting on a a tour to the west indies is is automatically qualified to work and and run a, a, a cricket world cup i'll say you don't really truly understand what a cricket world cup is Again, when a Western story takes place, it's very, movement is very linear, very predictable. You have the test match in Barbados, you're moving on to the test match in Trinidad. You don't have all of these teams crisscrossing, media mm-hmm. crisscrossing, um, television equipment, moving around the region from game to game. Uh, it, it, it is very different. And, you know, it is, you know, the Caribbean is a particularly challenging place to do it. Because a lot of the facilities that you might have in the UK and India and the United States, mm-hmm. corporate facilities, meaning, hey, I need overnight delivery to these 10 venues, mm. <laughs> this, doc, this, this package or, the, or these yeah. uniforms or these balls. Mm. You don't have that in the Caribbean. Mm.
7: Yeah.
8: You know, you, yeah. in, in the United States, you know, FedEx, boom, yeah. goes you a, everywhere. You have,
4: a, you have a hundred options.
8: I will never forget, Andrew. We so. never forget. Mm-hmm do you remember when I introduced coloured clothing into one day cricket in the Caribbean? It was yes. So long ago.
0: Yes. The reaction?
8: I was I was the red stripe boy. <laughs> yes. I was torn, Chris, torn apart. It was so long
4: ago that Philo was still playing. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: when, Philo because, was playing that's true. <laughs>
8: I was one, yes. And I'll never forget it because I was torn apart because all the colored kit yes. was manufactured, manufactured in Jamaica and then were shipped out to the individual countries. And I was torn apart. I'll never forget an article by Tony Cozio, <laughs> ripping me to shreds. Yes. Because the kit, the kit, the kit that was on that was on We overnight service mm-hmm. to Guyana mm-hmm. did not turn up for two weeks.
7: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
8: And I was ripped for using a Caribbean service. Nobody stopped to think, what other
0: service could I have used? (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen, in in, in the time that is left, I want to know from you, what would make the distinction and and I'll ask Chris and of course um, um, uh, Michael as well, that Barbados would have hosted in 2007 and in 2010. um, the, The President of Cricket West Indies said that uh, Guyana, Trinidad and Tobago and Barbados were actually hosting uh, for the finals. What would make Barbados um, ahead of the pack in terms of criteria for hosting the finals? Let's start with you, Chris. Barbados, let's
8: face it, it has a special aura. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. The history
0: of
8: yes, the right. cricket and the wonderful cricketers. The island itself is somewhere that it works. you know the airport is very fairly close to the hotel. the hotels are fairly close to the to the ground um it's so it it, it does have a very special um, um I mean. that helps to promote it
5: mm-hmm.
8: at the same time, things are changing things are changing. And you know, if, especially if we're going to start looking at commercializing the sport for cricket, and they're talking, and they're already having this bid process and so on, I am not so sure we've, I guess, economically taken advantage of the fact that you have. 2 oil-rich countries <laughs> wanting to host the final. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the bidding process is and whether or not there's any financial consideration. But hey, maybe there might have been an opportunity. Listen, Ghana is the richest country in the Caribbean right now. Yeah. Very happy for them,
0: mm-hmm. you
8: know. Um, and maybe that's the opportunity to take advantage of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
8: You know. But, but look, I I, will not, I could never knock Barbados winning right source finals. There's a special place in global cricket uh, for Barbados and the brand Barbados in global cricket. So you can't, you can't deny that, which is why one of the reasons, you know, one of the reasons I keep saying, what does Papa New Guinea, what does Papa New Guinea and the Netherlands and Oman and -hmm. all of these little countries going to the T20 World Cup, Mm -hmm. what have they done for global cricket Mm -hmm. that Barbados, don't deserve a shot at this international platform Mm for T20, that Jamaica, that Trinidad, that Ghana, that St. Lucia. And that's what bothers me. Because these countries are the ones that are getting this international exposure, which then allows them to tap into national resources.
7: Mm -hmm.
8: With the Olympics that are coming, they're going to tap into even more national resources because those countries like to see their name up in the Olympics. They like to see their names in World Cups and I so on. It's your flag. It's their flag. And, and just, it, there's no difference to Jamaica and all track and field. That's why Jamaica's national resources are pumped into this thing because there's an end game. There's to get to the World Championships every two years and the Olympic Games mm. every four years. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, it. that's what creates this suction which doesn't happen now in cricket. So look, I could never knock Barbados winning it. Mm. The only thing I don't like is preempting the process mm. because every country must feel they had a fair chance to put forward a kind of winning bid, put the work into, the, into it, and, and feel that they've been treated fairly.
7: Mm.
8: You know? And, and you have to be very careful about that, I mm. think. Mm.
0: Uh, for, for final word with uh, you, Michael?
4: Uh, yeah, Andrew. So unlike Chris, I've had the benefit of traveling around the Caribbean every year for the last 10 years to, to you know, help to organize the Caribbean Premier League. Uh, and I have a, a very first-hand and close-up look at the venues that exist. And these are the venues that are on the table to host the Cricket World Cup next year. Uh, I will say this about Kensington Oval, that of all the stadium that were uh, either built or improved ahead of the 2007 Cricket World Cup, it is perhaps the best maintained mm-hmm. um, and, and it has the best management structure in place uh, to maintain it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they take a lot of they take a lot of pride in the the venue and the history that Kensington Oval has. Um, the
2: Jamaica,
4: yes, yes. Let's mm-hmm. let's not um, deny that sentiment. Guyana may be the richest country in the Caribbean. Chris, I agree with you. There's no question about it, and it's it's certainly booming. I mean, when you go to Guyana, you now everywhere you turn, it's construction and roads and and hotels. But the hotels aren't finished yet, mm. and I doubt that they'll be ready in time to host the World Cup in the final mm. in 2024, one of the hotels that we have was well, right next to the National Stadium in Providence. I happened to be a guest there for the CPL. That's where the staff stayed, and that's where the broadcast crew stayed. Um, I narrowly escaped death there last week, Saturday night, when a fire broke out on the fourth floor of the hotel, which was the floor I was staying on. Um, mm-hmm. And so that is... That is yes. 350 rooms. Mm-hmm. They
8: really should stop smoking. Then we, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, Chris, I, think, I,
5: tell you
4: what, I told, I told, I told Maurice Foster of, of, of this near death experience, and he, he laughed and said to me, "You should never have worried, man. Only the good die young." Um, so, so Guyana may be a challenge. Right? Um, I would not discount Trinidad. As a venue for the final, and the venue would not be the Queen's Park Oval, which is in a total state of disrepair, but the Brian Lara Cricket Academy, which I think, mm. in terms of the facilities for right. players, the way it has been laid out, um, spectators, there's not a bad seat in the house, mm. the atmosphere there is great. I, I If I were a betting man, I'll put a few Bob and Trinidad.
0: Right. Well, gentlemen, we've got to do a part two. There's no doubt about that. Very interesting discussion. Thanks to you, Dr. Ford, for coming and uh, being very much a part of it. Thanks to you, Chris Daring. Big job there, uh, Dominic Warren. I'm going to recommend that you take over. they'll have to pay you big bucks. Thanks to you, Michael Hall. We hope that you get a call from Dr. Shallow because they're going to need your expertise. Dr. Shallow, you need people like Michael Hall and Chris Darren to come and call in. I'm Andrew Mason. He's hoping for a bye tomorrow. Good night.
7: Well, well, here you have it. You've come to, to the, the, end end the end of, of the end of 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 a mic. The Make sure you get it. This is the only is... Hello, I apologize for the break. break. It has happened. <laughs> All right. I, well, I tuned in direct.
6: I I'll, tell you, the break. I'll tell you what happened.
7: What happened? <laughs> I went and mute and you were also on mute. Oh. <laughs> so when, when I went and mute, the, the system, it didn't go through. But I was hearing through my headphones, so I thought I was hearing it but um oh. it's my fault it wasn't the fault of the show and on that oh, okay. everything everything has went through well
0: yes so, good indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. all right i sent you a copy of um, donald's presentation did you get it Well,
7: i didn't i did i just came home and i started to work okay. and on right. this to see if it. It. we're still it. in the broadcast so <laughs> okay Sorry. yeah Okay, so, you know, just a test, and um, this week couldn't get three years, but now we, I know I understand how to do it, and I'm going to practice on Saturday night, too, right? Okay. When you all get right. the Zoom, you send the Zoom to me, and then I will just hook up a show, and I'm just doing that okay. night. Test. I don't have to do anything okay. at all. Just a test it to see how things go, right? All right. Uh, all, right. all right. Okay, and uh, did you hear anything from the other
0: guys? Not yet. Well, okay. Do you mean on on day?
7: Regarding whom you who, who all wanted to hear from you. I heard oddly was saying that he probably don't have
0: well, the Zoom. Well, I tell you what, I think they're waiting for Zoom information to come and I can send it out to everybody. Yeah, send it out to everybody
7: and see. You know. Okay. I, I don't know if my fellows like um Dennis. Well, Simon. Um, well, I'll say I to everybody If, if yeah. when I get it Yeah, okay. I mean, she can reach As far as England <laughs> Well, I so. the Zoom Yeah, I'll uh, yeah, I She can watch
0: you. it on Well, yeah, yeah, yeah Quick, yeah I'm not sure but She can watch it on um, YouTube I'll find out when I get it, I'll ask
7: Okay, let me put you back in the
4: on his way to both with big left-handed West Indian captain waiting, having away at the crease Walker is on the way and Lloyd off the back foot crashes it through the covers. that's four more runs beautiful shot by Lloyd full of confidence flowing
6: back foot shot off the meet the bat and racing away to the boundary a couple in the cupboards had no chance of catching it this tiny young fella by the name of Chiwa left us from China because of Kerry Parker, he said he heard so much about cricket, but he wants someone to explain it. much between Australia and we, so we start listening to the commentary. He hear the ball swinging, he started asking about Adam. He want to apply for the job as a night watchman. Just then he a single.
4: Tries to cut each
6: out for the wicket, Marsh takes the chances, Richard's trying tries cut, just got a top edge onto it, and the Australian is naturally jubilant getting the prime West Indian wicket. Richard caught Marsh, by Bright for 88. This- Imagine my calamity, explaining cricket to the Chinese. He never a cricket before, so he starts saying stupid things in Delos. Everything he want to consume, to went and done, do so not the volume. He goes to the chest leg breaks, the boy that is dangerous. He asked me if that means, Richard getting three months sickly, for course. The bowler that was spinning, he wonder if he gets Malkadi When he hear Clive like get his sentry, he say somebody take toilet paper quickly. Ready? <laughs> out of the ground, feet completely there for face Robert's ready to put everything into that one, and uh, gets his revenge after that six shots. He hear me clip, he say she ain't a blow shame, a backwards point and see done, he tell me, what a stupid game.